Welcome to another episode of the Loving Life After Loss podcast. I am your host, Marie Alessi. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, lovely people. This is Marie Alessi with yet another Up Spiral Grief interview. And I am so, so stoked to have the beautiful Karen Sutton with me today. Karen, welcome to our interview. I cannot believe, without talking about it, that the two widows are both wearing black because this is a color I hardly ever wear and I had to laugh when you came live. And I'm like, oh my God, you're wearing black too. This is so, I, I had to laugh about this. How are you? Welcome. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I know it is weird. I try to avoid black because it's quite Same. a heavy dark color, isn't it? And I, I try to be a bit lighter and brighter. <laughs> and that's why I had to laugh that I never wear black. And then out of all days for today you know we're both rocking up in black and so this is so bizarre <laughs> before we go any further I want to say happy birthday I didn't realize that we picked your birthday to do this interview so I hope you're going to have an amazing day because uh yeah I just yeah I, I love that you do this on your birthday with me so thank you so much and um I'm going to get you to briefly introduce yourself to our audience please Ah, well, hello. So uh, my name's Karen, Karen Sutton, and I am the UK's first widow coach, as you can probably hear. (laughs) I am in the (laughs) UK. Um, So my own husband, Simon, died in 2016 and thrown into the world of of grief, of widowhood, and was Mm. desperately seeking some support. I didn't, I was devastated. I have never known despair and devastation like it. The fear that it's just, it's so physical and mental and all of those things, you know, but, or, and I should say, I was absolutely determined that this wasn't going to destroy myself and and my two girls the rest of our lives. We were not going to become victims, I should say, for want of a better word. I... I wanted to find a positive way through it. I wanted to create a life for myself and the girls in which we could thrive, in which we could live a good life with Simon with us. You know, that was really important to me. Mm. And, you know, I joined a lot of groups and they were amazing and it was great to connect with other widows. However, I did find it became a little bit heavy, shall we say. Mm. And very nicely put off you. (laughs) Yeah. and I get it it's hard right? but when you're in groups and people are saying I'm 10 years in and it still hurts as much as it did at the first and I'm not Mm. happy and I don't have any friends and my life is over Mm. honestly that put the fear of God into me I just thought this Mm. cannot be my reality I can only imagine yeah you know and um so I went out seeking other support there's not a lot out there is there Mm. um so I, I decided once I'd kind of found my way a bit after maybe three years mm. um, and I'd done a lot of work on me, I'd had a, a coach myself and I thought, you know mm-hmm. what, I'm going to create something that helps educate people around grief, um, mm-hmm. you know, holds people in that safe space, yeah. connects all community connection. I'm, I yeah. really strongly believe in that. Yeah. Um, but also people, the tools and the strategies to mm. to re to re-empower yeah. themselves to yeah. to get back up and discover who they are what they want from life and how yeah. they can go getting it it's a slow process it, it takes I work. I 
so hear you, as you can imagine. And I just want to quickly pause here for a second because, I mean, you know, anybody watching this right now, I mean, can you guys see why Karen and I connected? I, I love, I love your path. I can't even remember how I found you or how you found me. I cannot remember how we first connected. But when we when we first connected, I'm like, I cannot believe there is a UK version of positivity, positivity around widowhood out there, which I love. So I said, Karen, you and I need to connect for a talk. Let's chat. And we've sort of been connected um, ever since. And there were times where we hardly talked and times where we talked a lot, but we were sort of, across each other's work each other's stuff and uh you know I, I love having support across the world where um the one thing I want to say here because this is so important to me and I so appreciate that in you and I so value that in in our connection that we are both coming from this space of there are so many people are hurting and there's so many mm -hmm. people that need help and healing uh, let's support each other and help each other out as much as we can and, you know, give each other tips or ask questions or support or cheer or whatever. And I love that you are on the same page. And that's why, um, you know, I had the pleasure of speaking on your podcast and, and now I have you on mine. And I just love that we are building networks bigger and stronger because I was the same. When I first, uh, you know, when, when Rob first passed and I first had a look around what's out there there's really not much yet before we delve back into um where you got to and the work that you offer and the beautiful beautiful services that you have available may we please step back into your story a little bit so people actually understand uh how that all started so do you mind sharing a little bit about um, how did that all happen how did Simon pass how old were the girls you know just it was a bit of a where you came from story because what your path is so empowering so I'd, I'd rather if it's okay with you you know start from the beginning so people understand there is a different path you know like we didn't hear the news and then the next morning we're like happy let's do this you know that there is a path to that so can we go back to the beginning of that path please course we can as much yeah. as you want to share yeah you know I'm a completely open book Marie as you know and I'll Same. share anything yeah. with anyone um mm. I think it's important to talk about these things so obviously back in 2016 um Simon and I had just been on a lovely three-week holiday to France we had two young girls um they were mm. nine and five at the time and we, nine and what, we sorry? they were nine and five nine and five wow mm. Yeah, so they were young mm. and um, we came back and, you know, end of the summer holidays, he went out for a bike ride one Sunday morning and he literally dropped down dead. Um, he had a, a huge cardiac arrest. They call it mm. the widow maker. Um, wow. And, you know, the next thing I knew about it was, uh, was our mutual friend who had gone on the bike ride with was here telling me. And you don't react in the way you think you're going to react in those moments. Mm. Um, you, you know, it's it's a huge shock and trying to process that, mm. having to tell my of two course. girls that their dad had died, having to tell my mother-in-law that her son had died. They weren't the things I was expecting to do on that Sunday. Mm. And, oh, just awful. It just rips everything away from you. And I, you know... I don't believe that there's a hierarchy of loss, that one loss is worse than another. No, I, I so agree, yeah. 
um you know I, I think everyone's own losses are, are their own losses and and they're mm. really hard however mm. i do recognize that losing a life partner impacts so much of your life yeah and you know it's that feeling of wanting to go home but you can't because mm. home's no longer there oh, you haven't I have this space yeah and and everything is you know it affects every corner of your universe your parenting your relationships your social Mm. life your financial situation your home Mm. life your work your career I was a midwife um and and a nurse and and I was I didn't know that about you (laughs) I I just started working in the community I'd come out of the hospitals and I was loving Mm. it and I couldn't go back Marie you know Mm. it's it's it wasn't the kind of, of job that you could go back and do half-heartedly. There's there's yeah. too much risk. And also I was now a solo parent. I didn't have mm. somebody at home to to help with, with the yeah. childcare. And so mm-hmm. I took six months off and then I decided to to leave. And I had counselling. I'm really fortunate in that where I live. Um, I was brought up here. I have my family. I have a great mm. friends circle. Um mm. And we really were picked up and carried. Yeah. You know, my really mm. did a rotor of people to stay. It, there was so mm. much love and support, and I think that, well, I know for a fact that that had a huge factor in in my healing journey. At, at the mm. time, it didn't feel like it. There were times when it felt I was being smothered. There were times when it felt yeah. that, yeah, I was I was never on my own. There was mm. always people around. But I felt incredibly lonely. They weren't enough. Yeah. They weren't enough. Yeah. They weren't certain. Yeah. And, and that was frustrating. And mm. and you know, there were times when I'd pull back and I'd retreat and I'd just go, I just mm. need I need to be on my own. I need to yeah. to sit with pain with this heartache and, yeah. and navigate it. And you know, saying goodbye to your life partner <laughs> is is horrendous, isn't it? As you mm. know. And the process that entails I I stupidly, naively thought that get through the first six months, you'll start to feel a lot better. Mm. And I remember in month seven, I was in the doctor's surgery asking for help because I couldn't sleep. I was in a Mm. really dark hole that I couldn't get out of. And I was prescribed sleeping tablets and antidepressants. Mm. And Mm. um, did I need all that? I don't know. Maybe I needed more support with my grief. But we we don't know. We're not educated, are we? And we don't understand grief and what it looks like and the impact it has yeah um I did get some counseling which was really beneficial Mm. you know that space where I could I guess explore my thoughts and understand them a bit more because there's so Mm. much going on isn't there in your head and you're like normal am I going mad am I and it's also something being a sole parent this is definitely not a topic that you would like to talk to your young kids about You, you you do need an adult and I felt it helped me speaking to somebody who's completely outside perspective who didn't have an opinion on how I handled grief or how I'm supposed to handle grief and and I saw a positive psychologist for about four months after Rob passed and it was so helpful for me so I think just speaking mm-hmm. it out loud what's going on you know because you, you there are things that you don't share not even with maybe with your closest close friends but definitely not with your kids you know and I think that I think- as well, yeah. there's some things that you think in your head, but you're even too scared to acknowledge them yeah. yourself, aren't you? Mm. Because you kind of think, you don't know. You don't know whether that's a normal thought. And yeah. even having the courage, I think, to go somewhere where it's safe and mm. speak your truth, t- 
takes so much courage. It does, you know, yeah. and you like to acknowledge that with people that are grieving, that it's not mm. easy to recognize what you're feeling, what you're thinking, mm. how you're experiencing this loss. It's, you, you know, recognizing that within yourself, let alone saying it out loud. And we don't say a lot. And people people try and fix us, don't they? Um, you know, when we talk, which is a lovely thing. And people are beautiful souls and they want to take mm. your pain away. It comes from a really good place. However, grief isn't a problem to be fixed. There's no solution. It's something you have to work through. And when you're talking to somebody about your grief, your pain, your heartache, and they're trying to find solutions, that Mm. becomes incredibly frustrating. And actually, I think leads us to to pull back a bit from our friends Mm. and family and kind of say, I can't actually be bothered to tell you because you're just going to find solutions and none of them fit because there was what I always say I think the most helpful thing is often uh you know people ask in interviews and I'm absolutely certain you would get the same question you know what is the number one advice you would give to people and I always say please listen just listen there's nothing you need to say just listen because there's nothing you can say to make it feel better you know it's just having somebody there to listen is really really important um just wanted to ask you a question and I got sidetracked it'll come back to me but for me the number one thing um that that came up for me when I was listening to you is yeah that, that's a question so thinking about that it came straight back um when it comes to friendships and when you talk about you know friends sitting with you and sometimes you feel smothered by uh you know the the good intentions and I put that on a contration marks not not to you know they are good intentions but they often don't come across as such so when you feel smothered by that when you when you think about your friendships what was your experience um in the first couple of months and years even into how did your friendships change? Did that affect your friendships? Uh, do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah, they changed so much. Mm. I, I remember it wasn't long after Simon died. It was before the funeral. So a couple of weeks. Mm. I remember saying to my friends, <clears throat> I do not want this to change me. There's no way this is going to change me. I'm going to stay true to who I am. I'm going to mm. keep being the Karen that everybody knows and loves bless bless that Karen (laughs) I just want to give her a big hug that's so lovely that's a lovely thought but darling it is a beautiful thought Mm. (laughs) um it does change you and as a result of it changing you it do you know Marie it just it changes your view of the world it changes Mm. how you experience things it changes how you see things it changes the connection that you have with people. A lot of your connections are based on where you are in life. You know, you meet people mm. in a job. You meet people when your kids start school. You meet people at a, a local club that you've joined and you've got something in common. And, mm. you know, when your husband dies and your life is thrown into absolute chaos, you haven't got that in common with anyone, you, you know. And the yeah. things that you enjoy, the things that you used to want to talk about, the things that you used to want to do, they mm. don't do the same thing for you anymore. So my yeah. relationships really became challenged. And, mm. you, you know, and, and some people didn't know how to show up for me. They didn't yeah. know what to say, didn't know what to do. Who does? I didn't know. And, some, yeah. and oh, sometimes, you know, when people that I love now, very dear to me, lose someone very dear to them. I'm I'm still a little bit like nervous of how I approach that and what I say because I know mm. that I'm gonna say something that's going to yeah. to annoy them because that's the mm. 
that's the beauty of the beast, isn't it, really? that yeah. That's what happens and that's the reality of it. And it's breaking down those fears and having those open conversations mm. that people don't want to have. Yeah. Um, so there was a big impact. And, and as I changed, I met resistance. I used to be a big party animal. You know, my mm-hmm. my idea of joy was going out with all my friends, my family, having drinks, lots of food, dancing on tables. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that didn't work for me anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I tried. I desperately tried in my grief to hold on to that and, and carried on partying and dating mm-hmm. and, and doing all of that. But it wasn't it wasn't the same. And 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 then of course as i went through my process of evolving finding my feet <clears throat> i i found different things in life that that filled me up mm-hmm. and and a lot of my friends found that really uncomfortable because they liked who i was they knew who yeah. i was they, yeah, they knew what i brought to the table and this new version maybe of of Karen slightly adapted but they they didn't quite understand that and I used to you know when I sort of stopped drinking so much you know Mm. people would say oh is this forever and this a bit Mm. boring and you know like what are we gonna do do you know it's Mm. like um and it did but then there were people that came out the woodwork Marie that you so glad you say that yeah that you you know nowhere yeah out of nowhere and you're like where have you come from but you're literally saving my life right now Mm. and 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 those people that you meet in that moment that didn't really maybe know who you were before Mm. so well um but accept you for who you are in your grief and I think those people are are vital actually Mm -hmm. uh, because there's no expectation and there may be people that don't stick around for so long Mm. I love that poem I don't know if you know the poem but it's called season reason or a lifetime and it's basically around that people come into our lives for a season Mm. at a time a reason to teach us something or for a lifetime and when you get your head around that I think it helps you feel more accepting of not Mm -hmm. everybody has to come into your life and stay forever yeah and you don't have to go into other people's lives and stay forever there's there's different there's different relationships and, and there's a lot of said, freedom and acceptance in that as well I like I like that time yeah it's lovely it is there is yeah. and and that's I think something as well we we struggle with in life is that freedom and acceptance of things isn't it so yeah, yeah they've been you know friendships waned but and they've some of them have become stronger again you know as I, mm. I'm now in my seventh year and some have picked back up some waned and haven't become stronger again and and some mm. have fallen by the wayside um and again that's that's hard as well isn't it it's more grief yeah it's a secondary loss you know what comes with it and uh I think one of my biggest um how do I well probably turning points I should say around this topic of friendship uh was for me because people used to say this one thing and it never really sat right with me and I couldn't put my finger on it why and and I'd love to hear your opinion what you think about it but what they said was uh you know in grief or in adversity you learn who your true friends are and I was like yeah and something didn't sit right and I couldn't put my finger to it but what I have been learned by like literally sitting with that and feeling into what's coming up for me in terms of these huge changes around friendships that I thought would last forever, I came to the point, and, and that only came when I 
reached a certain point of healing because when you are in the thickness of it, when you are in this really deep, uh, incredibly heavy and hurtful emotion, you, you don't think straight. You don't think, oh, you know, uh, empathy. You're like fully in your grief, in your pain. But there, there came a time when I thought, wow, you know what? They too have lost somebody. And for them, it might only, and again, I'm putting that under quotation marks because I also don't believe in this hierarchy of grief. But to them, it might only be a friend. But they have lost a dear friend, you know, or a brother or a whatever, like whatever the relationship was. They dog. too have lost somebody, pardon me. A dog. Sometimes it's their dog, isn't it? You know? Yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about the same person now, as in Rob, you know. So for them, it might have been their friend. For them, it might have been their brother. For them, it might have been a different relationship, obviously. Um, so I, in my grief, had no emotional capacity to think of their grief so i went into judgment or he she is not a good friend anymore or he she should have been could have been there for me differently i did not realize that they had their own grief to deal with i didn't have the capacity at first but there was a time when i healed to a certain level where i could see that different perspective and that's when i realized you know what that's when I realized why they didn't sit right with me. So for me, it wasn't, oh, you know, in adversity, you see who your true friends are. For me, I realized that in adversity, you learn how your closest friends or family deal with grief differently to what you do. That's yeah. That was the little shift that was important for me. And uh, I'd love to hear your perspective on that. How How did you feel with this whole judgment that's put out there around true friendships or real friendships or not what's your perspective on that I have to say it's it's something I feel very strongly about and something that um you, you know I really want to to try and change with with what I'm doing um because there is a lot of judgment around mm -hmm. grief and, and loss and how you should grieve and what people should be doing and we all yeah. hold it we all do you, you know and if somebody says they don't I'm sorry, but I just I think it's human nature to be judgmental is a strong word, but to look at what somebody's doing, have an opinion on it, because that's yeah. what we absolutely do, like right? humans judge. That's the way it is. Absolutely. I, I agree. That's the human way nature. it is. And, and I think let's not shame people for judging. Let's create create an awareness around the fact that we're doing oh. it and, and shift it. You know, mm. I think I, I find there's so much in the grief world that I think really doesn't help us. And one of the one of the things that the bugbears that I really have is is the telling people what they should and shouldn't say and shouldn't shouldn't mm. do for grievance. And, mm. and and actually, I think there has to be more recognition and more education a, around grief and what it looks like and how it's unique for everybody. There is no right mm. or wrong. Recognizing mm. that you know, we as the griever have a responsibility. And I know that's horrible, Marie. I know, like exactly mm. to your point, you know, when you're in the depths of grief, when you've lost your life partner or somebody hugely significant in your life, mm. your capacity to think about somebody else and what they're going through really doesn't exist. It's it's not yeah. there. You, you yeah. know, you're, you're in survival mode and, and you're agree. trying. Yeah. However, I think if we can create some awareness around that in that we aren't expecting other people 
to say and do things that are perfect. We mm. aren't expecting other people to come in and fix us and make it all better and say the right things and, and show up with to do the right jobs. It, 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 like we have to take ownership of that. Mm. And, and I think that comes in in education and, and honest and open conversations between people, mm. actually, and and kind of recognizing that other people miss your person too yeah and and that's that's okay it's like to your point it's a different loss it's a different relationship it's a different grief Mm. but it's still grief and it's still theirs and for them it might be their biggest loss in their life yeah do you see what I mean and oh 100 and I think This is why we need more education. We need more awareness. We need more conversations Mm. around this so that we as grievers have a greater understanding because we don't. I don't know about you, but I mean, I know you've had a, you know, your dad had died, hadn't he? When when you Mm. were younger, you had an experience. I had never experienced Mm. grief in in my life that, you know, that was was hugely impactful. And I hadn't, you know... I was aware of it because of being a nurse and a midwife. Obviously, mm. things happen and, and yeah. terrible things but happen. But there's no real not... family emotional connection. Yeah. I mean, you do build connections, of course, when you work with people, but it's very different. Yeah. Very different. You get yeah. to you get to go home afterwards, you know, and yeah. and that's the thing when mm. you when you know to your family. To... Yeah. Mm. Um. So I think. It's a really tricky one. And, you know, I do talk about it a lot in, in my groups that, that I yeah. hold because it's a, it's a part of grief that causes us so much extra suffering because of our expectations mm. of, of others. I, I love this because my, my favorite shortcut to that that I often say about this path is we hurt, we heal, we grow, we teach. And often that is like an ongoing, you know, we hurt, we heal, we grow, we teach. So you've been sort of hurt, you've grown through that, uh, you've healed, and now you're teaching it. So tell us a little bit about that. When, how did you start the movement? And then obviously we're going to share the links where people can, um, I'm more than happy for anyone in Loving Love After Loss to join your group as well, because there's so much that we can um, learn from each other. And I, I really strongly encourage you to share links where people can uh, connect with you as well. So tell us, how did you get started with it? Well, I I kind of I got two and a half years into my own grief journey and Mm -hmm. was utterly lost, didn't know who I was, didn't know what I wanted. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you're in these groups and you're seeing all this hurt and pain of people that are years down the line. And I'm thinking, I don't I don't want that. You you Mm -hmm. know, I I needed something. I needed a purpose. I needed I needed to find a way forward. Um, And somebody said to me, why don't you get a life coach? And I was like, a what? (laughs) 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 Had never heard of a life coach. Mm. And uh, I kind of got in touch with this guy and he said, yeah, it's 500 pounds for six weeks. And I was like, you what? 500 pounds for six weeks? (laughs) It took me a while to get my head around it. Um, Mm. Best 500 quid I've ever spent in my entire life and actually went on to spend more and and stay Mm -hmm. with him help me with my health my fitness which which was yeah. the primary reason that I wanted I wanted to kind of go right I need to feel healthier and fitter mm. and stronger husband had yeah. died of a heart three I felt that crying. urge as well because all of a sudden you're that you're it you're the solo parent you know and you yeah. just want to be as fit and healthy as possible for for your kids yeah. I fully I hear you yeah 
And and alongside that, he was helping me with my mindset, um, you know, really helping me create that awareness. And within six months, Marie, my life had done a complete 180. And uh, don't get me wrong, I wasn't completely healed. I wasn't I completely sorted. You never get to that point. It, it wasn't like a, a magic answer. Mm. But I knew where I was heading. I knew what I was doing. I had clarity. I had confidence. I had energy. Mm. I felt good about life again. And I was working on me. I'd invested in me. And, and I thought, you know what? If this is possible for me, this is possible for everyone. I'm just a normal mm. person that's lived a normal life. I'm not special. I'm not talented. I'm just normal average, which is fine, by the way. Did mm. you know? Like, So I, I kind of thought... Let's share, let's share this. Let's help mm. other people. Started off thinking I'll just have people at home in my lovely office mm-hmm. in the garden here and I'll, <laughs> I'll help people that have been through hardship and, you know, in their forties with young mm-hmm. kids um, and started up as a breakup, a bereavement coach. Um, mm. Because of my story and what I'd been through, I was attracting people that were grieving yeah. the loss through death, actually a lot of widows. So then I became a grief coach and then COVID hit and uh, I discovered Zoom, amazing, <laughs> and awesome. found people all over. And then I just thought, I'm just going to work with widows because that's mm. my story. That's what I know. There's not enough support out there. Mm. People are desperate for it. And and now I've created, I've got a membership. I've got a podcast. Um, I've got a 12-month program. I'm doing retreats and events. Mm. I'm forever growing what I do and and offering as much support as I can to people to help them find a more positive way through their grief, Mm. to rebuild, to rediscover, to reimagine a life for themselves where they are able to carry that love and that grief forward with them, but more like and and to remember their person with more love than pain and to create a life that is fulfilling and vibrant and wonderful alongside their grief it's not an either or situation Mm. we live with both and and that is entirely possible and and that's what I love to do that's what I love to help people I couldn't ask this anymore as you know because that that is really where our true alignment and connection happened and I'm so so grateful because honestly when I first started uh, loving life after loss it was nine months into Rob's passing and I honestly thought I was all alone in this world I thought there was nobody out there doing anything like that and the more I um, stepped into it the more I stepped up the more I spread the word the more global the group became the more people like you I, I discovered and connected with and it is such a blessing for me to meet people like you because I notice more and more I'm not alone in this world. I'm not alone with this idea of, you know what, you can heal. You can heal through grief. You can and are allowed to have joy and love in your life again. And it is such such a pleasure knowing you and watching your work and uh, watching your growth as well. You know, we, we had our fair share of growth you know since only since we connected and that was only I don't know maybe two years ago not even um (laughs) but that being said I I really want to thank you for being here and sharing your story and I'd love to hear a little bit as well about where is your family at now do you want to share how are your girls what's your family situation share a little bit about that yes so uh, my do you know what Marie after Simon died 
I, I, I really thought whatever happens to me in life and I was determined to make it good again. I, mm. I honestly thought I'm never going to feel like properly safe in a family unit again, because I thought the girl's mm. dads have died. Dad's dad has died. Um, and even if I were lucky enough to meet somebody that I love again, it's, mm. it's not going to, to feel safe and secure yeah. and like a unit and I was and mm. I was okay with that and I accepted mm. it but I was wrong but. I was so wrong um <laughs> I met Andy um at a charity mm. event that I did um three and a half four years ago now mm. and uh, he came into my life and we have a family unit and it is wonderful don't get me wrong it's complex you know my mm. eldest is 16 and and she really does still grieve her dad and it can be mm challenging at times yeah. however it's beautiful and the girls are thriving Sydney's about to do her her exams at, at school um my youngest Sydney's is your older one my eldest one yeah. yes um and Ella's my youngest she's just coming up to 12 and she is brilliant she doesn't grieve as much um she was five when her dad died and whether we show up again as as she gets older but at the moment she's very like it's cool my dad died it doesn't matter I don't even really yeah. remember him she's quite flippant yeah. about it um but Sydney's a lot more sensitive you know she was older she had a closer connection to him mm. um and and she she carries it a lot more heavily um mm. so there are challenges life isn't perfect but life is beautiful life is amazing I'm very much in love I feel oh. do you know what Marie I'm I feel so more, happy for you this is so beautiful lovely. and mm. I feel more aligned and more fulfilled in my life than I have ever done before mm. and that's not to say that I wasn't happy with Simon we didn't have a good life we did but I've done so much work on me I've yeah. learned so much through this experience it has bought me so many gifts that I am so grateful for and I carry them with me in my heart and and I thank Simon every day for loving me for spending his life with me and for everything that his his death bought me and and that might mm. be difficult for people to hear especially mm. in the early war days I understand that mm. but that's my truth that's where I'm at and you know I still miss Simon mm -hmm. I still grieve for him I have my days when I just want to speak to him I want to see him mm. and you know I I, I sit with that and I allow it in and and Andy's very respectful of that you know my oh, new partner mm. so it, it's life is good it's really mm. good Marie and and I'm very I'm genuinely very happy and very content and I love what I do I love the people around me I am and it shows lucky very lucky it shows it's really it's really beautiful and um you so like you speak straight to my heart I'm so so pleased for you you know, to, to say that, um, you know, my message that I hear here loud and clear that you put out into the world is that there is hope. There is hope. There is the other side of the tunnel. You'll get through this. And, um, I, I, for me, my biggest message is always, um, try out what works for you. If it doesn't feel right, you don't have to stay because you and I, we've both been through grief groups and uh, checking out different grief groups. As you said, they feel heavy. They feel, you know, um, if it feels heavy, it's not right. If you feel you're surrounded by love and by people who get you, you know, you, you feel, trust, 
just trust your uh, gut instinct on that. That's my message here. And uh, before we go, Karen, and as I said before, we will share the link in the interview below. So you can also check out uh, Karen's group and you can subscribe to your newsletter, whatever you want to share. It's up to you, Karen. And please uh, feel free to share as much as you want to. Um, but I would like for you to wrap up this session. Is is there any last words, anything when you're like, if there's anything you took away from this interview, that's it, you know, um, I'll let you finish this off here, please. I think, I suppose for me, um, you know, in grief, it is a really long road. It's a really hard road and, and it can feel very lonely. And I, I love what you say there about trusting your instincts, trusting what feels right. And you have all the answers that you need within you. They are there. They are ready for the taking. We we lose our confidence. We, we lose that belief in ourselves. We don't have the faith that we know the way. But just sit, just sit, be still Give yourself the time to find the answers to the questions. They may not come immediately. They may not come exactly when you want them to, but they will come. The answers will come. You will figure it all out. 100%. You will figure it out. But trust in you. Trust in the process. Listen to your heart. Listen to your gut instinct. Listen to what feels right. And you can't go wrong. And it doesn't matter if it's different to anyone else's journey but you know the way and and I this is what I really want people to understand is that that faith trust trust you've got your own back you've got your own back show up for yourself believe in yourself and know that however hard things are you will find that next step forward and you will find your way into that that future that feels a little bit brighter and a little bit lighter but give grace have patience and compassion and and you you really can't go wrong you can't go wrong mm. karen thank you so much for being here thank you more even more so for showing up on your birthday um i really hope that you have an amazing day today that you're going to be spoiled rotten and i really love what you do i love our connection and uh, thank you so much for being here Thank you, everybody, for listening. And this is Karen and Marie signing off. Bye for now. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed the show and you would like to find out more about loving life after loss, please visit marialessi.com. I shall see you next week. Bye.